Hey, what's up, everyone? I want to start out by giving a quick shout out to War Athletics. Again, that's without remorse, W-O-R, War Athletics. Uh, please check them out. You know, give, them, uh, give them a shout out. Let them know that Jose sent you. And uh, I believe there's a discount if you uh, name drop me. I think it's like 15%. So keep a lookout for War Athletics. Uh, shirts, rash guards, pants, hats, mugs, the whole deal, book bags, water bottles, anything, anything you need, they got. Also, I want to shout out Luis Rodriguez. Uh, Luis is one of, uh, one of my guys that he actually, uh, had to pick up and move over to Colorado. He's been doing really well. Um, super proud of him. He just recently got his, uh, purple belt in jujitsu I uh, I planned to actually, if he wasn't um, going to get his purple belt, because uh, he wasn't like, he was kind of bouncing around a little bit. So I didn't know if he was formally under anyone at the moment. But he, uh, I actually had messaged him the night before and said, you know what? Hey, if you know, I think that you're ready for it. You know, if you, if you come back out here, let me know and, you know, I'll put you on. And uh, lo and behold, the very next day, he got that strap. And uh, I'm very proud of him, like I said. Um, Louis, uh, L, uh, I think it's Lu Jitsu right now. Lu Jitsu, L-U-J-I-T-S-U on Instagram. Check him out. Show him some love. Um, he's a great artist. He's a great Jiu-Jitsu practitioner. And he's a great father and friend. So shout out to Louis. And uh, I hope that everything's going well. All right, let's get into today's Q&A. Yo, what is up? Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Take One or Give One podcast. As always, it's me, Jose Becerra, and I hope everyone's doing well today. Uh, and if you won that Powerball, I hope you're doing really well today. Uh, as we, as we move forward, uh, like I said, um, I got some, uh, Q and a questions that came in. Um, I think this was before the break. So these might be a little bit older. Uh, I might even check in with these people and double down on these questions and see how they feel now. Um, the first one on the list, do you prefer to sweep or submit from the bottom? Now, for those of you who do not uh, practice jujitsu or train jujitsu, um, sweeping and submitting are one is a form of control where you're reversing the, the position and the other is to actually finish and or tap out your opponent. And for me, I honestly prefer to look for the submission from the bottom, but to make this question universal um i believe it really entails what exactly the goal was from the get-go um in training we have a lot of uh, there's a lot of situational positions in jiu-jitsu um, you can kind of look for look for sweeps or look for submissions <clears throat> excuse me submissions at any time but the the real question is where are you at? What are your goals at that moment? And did you have a game plan? 
a lot of people just go into jiu-jitsu and they go into even practice just looking to go out and see whatever I can catch or see, let's see what happens and just kind of, you know, just do whatever, do whatever they can. And if they end up somewhere good, they, uh, you know, cap, cap, ugh, excuse me, guys, uh, capitalize on those positions and take advantage. Now for me, I kind of always have an idea of what I want to do. And yeah, if something presents itself, I go after it. But in practice, generally, you should always pick one or two things to go after. That way, you're always looking for a path to victory and not kind of waiting for it to fall into your lap. Uh, that way, also, it helps you know that you're making mistakes and uh, how to correct those mistakes on those paths to victory. But again, if your goal in those positions is to get the sweep, say, oh, I wanted to do two sweeps this week or this month or whatever it is, I'm going to practice it, get better at it, and uh, kind of hit those every time I train this week. Then, of course, the sweeps are going to be primary. You know, uh, if you like, if you don't like being on bottom uh, in fear of being controlled or just getting submitted, of course, the sweep is going to be number one. Now, for me, for me personally, I am very comfortable off my back uh, playing open guard, closed guard, butterfly, you know, any, any of the uh, foresaid, you know, aforementioned position. I can pretty much find my way through all of them. But if you have that, uh, you know, fight or flight and you're on the bottom, a lot of times that panic will kick in and you don't want to be there. So I definitely understand where the sweep could be the primary focus for most people. Now, again, for me, it's probably submission. I have a lot of tricky submissions, um, even from north, south, bottom. That's like one of my highest sub rate positions <laughs> that I have. So, you know. It is what it is, and hopefully I answered that question to uh, to Mike's, I don't know, preference there. I I, I believe I'm going to read this as my to myself because there's no, uh, is there a preference? It's just me, myself. Do you prefer? So, uh, Mike, hopefully, uh, hopefully you enjoyed that answer. If not, you know, hit me up. Let me know if you meant for you, if you meant for anyone. Uh, I'm always willing to re, re-up on these questions. Uh, the next one's from Andrew. Andrew is uh, from Peoria. He used to train at my first gym. Uh, Andrew asks, what is the biggest misconception to competitors and why do you think most gyms make their competitors or make their practitioners com- compete? So let's see. Look, that's kind of weird. So what is the mis- base misconception of competitors? Okay. So I'll start with the first part. So with competitors a a lot of um a lot of gyms have very high level competitors very very you know well-known athletes that go out 
and tournament after tournament show out and do very well. Um, but what is more common, believe it or not, and being in the sport and training, you know, jujitsu for over a decade, uh, you, you kind of notice this and you see it. And it, it was the case for myself even, um, whenever I started. So there are people that train jujitsu that people have never heard of, don't know what they look like, don't know their name, haven't even considered them as a viable option in any kind of high-level situation. And these people that train either A, don't compete, or B, they compete and don't um, they don't show up on on game day? You know they don't they don't show their full potential when they're out there. And a lot of people have you know fears and and worry about losing, right? So for me, the biggest misconception for most competitors out there is that they are somehow different than those people or different than the others that are in the training room, in the practice room. The only thing that sets people apart as far as being a top-level competitor and an average competitor is experience. Um you know, obviously technique and the overall skill does matter. Do not get me wrong. It does matter. But the thing that beats most people, and I mean 9 out of 10 competitors, 9 out of 10 people that train jiu-jitsu, period, um, is the anticipation. The anticipation and the fear of losing in front of your coach, in front of your students, in front of your teammates, is the biggest proponent to losing and making you feel and seem inadequate when you're truly some of the you know some of the best practitioners and practitioners in the world i've seen people win tournaments that absolutely suck and i will repeat that i have seen people win tournaments that absolutely suck um i have blue belts that would mop the floor with some brown belts that i've seen win tournaments and and I'm not saying that, you know, they're, they don't deserve their wins. Like congratulations. I'm, I'm proud of everyone, especially if you train. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely a, uh, everyone, like I've said before, everyone can have their own pie. You don't need a slice of mine kind of guy. So congratulations on victories. I'm just saying the thing that set that person apart from this one is the, the worry and fear of losing in front of your teammates and then the anticipation of a fight going to happen in the first place. If I threw you out in the middle of uh, New York and you didn't, you weren't thinking about fighting, you weren't thinking about doing nothing, and some dude just came up, sort yelling at you, and you know, you know, something's about to go down. I guarantee your reaction time is going to be super high. You're going to be ready because you're not going to be nervous because you're going to be in that moment. You know, sometimes when you got a month 
this is going to happen a month. This is going to happen. Oh, it's a week now. Oh man, you, you know, maybe you had to lose a little, little bit of weight. Oh man, here it comes. This is all for nothing. Am I, am I good enough? Am I even, why am I even doing this tournament? I don't even know if I can win, you know, blah, 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 whatever the things are that go through people's head. It had happened so often. And when I first started, that was me. I did that. I used to whoop everyone's ass in the gym. Uh, whenever I started, you know, and I wasn't that great. I just, my, my affinity to, to learn, like my want to be good was so high. I only had like two or three people that were even giving me a challenge in the gym. And one of them was, uh, Tom Butler, who is in, uh, Mattoon, Illinois. He, you know, he had been an MMA fighter for, a while he'd been training all kinds of martial arts for longer than I'd even thought about training at the time. Like I, I had just started, I was probably like two years in and he was a decade in on all kinds of things. So, you know, even then, you know, I got to the point where, you know, I was beating Tom. So it was, it was one of those things where I had him, um, Richard Ballard, shout out, Rich, uh, who's a big guy that would move around and gave me a plenty of trouble. And then, you know, after that, it was really just, you know, a couple, a couple people here and there. Maybe I'd have to give them a position to even work my way out of it. And it, it really, it's really one of those things where it wasn't hard for me anymore. And I would go to these tournaments and the tournaments would give me such uh, anxiety just because of the thought of, oh man, you know, how did I train hard enough? Did I do this? Did I do that? Uh, man, I don't want to lose, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm, I'm a competitor at heart when it comes to anything. And uh, it's just the way I am. Now, fast forward that Jose to you know, winning a couple of titles and then uh, becoming a coach. My, I want to say second tournament as a coach. My second tournament, I believe, as a coach. I was a, I was competing. I was coaching, and uh, the higher ranked guys go first. So I went. I was going to go first. I was asleep behind a sign chilling wasn't even worrying about what was going to happen um got woken up by some little kid thought i was thought something was wrong um noah comes around the corner says hey you're up in i think 30 minutes like cool i got up took a drink of water got dressed went out and i won gold uh first tournament as a coach first gold as a coach my teammates went out there and you know did their thing it was a beautiful thing, but I had no, res <coughs> excuse me, I had no reservations to, of thinking of, you know, what my losses, what my worries were going to be, you know, if I lose in front of them, oh, well, I'm showing them that jiu-jitsu works regardless, and I have to get better, um, either you win or you lose, but you, you have to learn from your mistakes, and I, you know, I had to subscribe to that thought process of, learning going through using the the positions and 
moves that I teach and that I had taught leading up to that tournament, if they did not work, I had to just, you know, be ready to strap my boots and be like, hey, this is why it didn't work. We'll do it again. And the next time out, show them that those that's how you fix your, your issues and you come back and you come back stronger. It doesn't matter if you lose. You know, obviously money's up on the line and stuff. You don't want to lose. You know, I never want to lose. But there's a time and place for everything. And if you're just going to be, you know, held up in your own head, that's where I think the biggest issues lie with competitors. Now, the other part, which kind of ties in together. Um, do gym, why do gyms have so many, um, competitors and are they pushing for competitors? And the truth is, at least in the Midwest, I don't, you know, I can't speak for everywhere in the U S or in the world, but one of the reasons that they push for competitors because that's how that's basically how people make money and um you know if you if the team's growing and you your team's doing well and you're getting your names out there you know more sponsors come and more you know big tournaments if you got like six seven eight guys that go to a tournament and then you know you're winning x amount of tournaments you know now the team's looking like a bunch of like a bunch of studs you know what i'm saying so of course teams are going to push for this for the competition side but um realistically it's about it's all about what your gym's focus is or sometimes just what your coach's focus is because everyone everyone kind of builds off of the coach uh, it's inevitable but a lot of places you know and it it happens all over and i'm not going to name drop i'm just saying people get those wins and they see all this success and the team's doing well and blah 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 and they don't they don't want to promote their their guys when they're ready just to keep the win on the team, you know, just to keep the team winning instead of pushing that individual forward, testing them in higher competition. And if they still do well, you're still winning, but they're afraid that they lose that momentum, that the team's not going to be as popular. You're not going to make the money. You're not going to, you know, get this and get that blah, 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 this, that, and the other. And, it happens. It happens a lot, but in hindsight, the competitor side isn't as important as just training. Um, if you can train at least two days a week, you're you're going to be somewhere. You're going to understand what's going on in jiu-jitsu. Two days a week for you know an extended period of time is a lot of knowledge to take in, and if you're able to train a couple times a day those two days a week even more even better but in my experience it's always nice to to see each person if they can at least compete one time but i would never say you have to compete i would never say um you're not going to get a promotion if you don't compete but the way 
one way to think about it is if you plan to compete, then your criteria might change. Because if you think about it in the sense of um, Steve, I'm just making someone up. Steve is a high-level white belt. Like He is just mopping the floor with every white belt he competes with. And he's doing six tournaments this this uh, year. He's got them all written down, doing blah, 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 blah. Now, if Steve here is wanting to be the best, then I promote him to blue belt. If he goes to blue belt and he's, he starts, you know, losing, 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 losing. I don't just automatically write him off like, oh, you're a shitty blue belt. Like, no, we fix those issues. If I see the improvement, oh, Steve started, you know, Steve got like three sweeps in that last term. was still lost by points, but should resolve. Comes back. Oh, Steve, Steve got one, one submission, this one, and a couple of good positions. Want to match my points. Still lost the tournament. Okay. You know, I'm seeing those incremental improvements. That's something different that I have feedback from. Not necessarily changing the criteria, but giving me different things to look at in seeing that improvement. Now, if you just train, I have to go by what I'm seeing in practice room. And then also how you roll against myself, um, how you can execute certain positions on um, on different body types and different grappler types. So again, the criteria might change a little bit, but I would never force anyone to, to compete if they didn't want to. It's not It's not my place or anyone's place to tell you what to do. Um, I do, I do, like I said, I do recommend one person or every person should compete one time, um, just to get that experience of another human being trying to do the same things to you. It's, it's huge. It's eye opening, And it's one of the most amazing experiences, uh, that I've ever done. And I've done it a million times. So, uh, and every single one is just super exciting. So again, um, good question and yeah, uh, competitors, competitors are our friends too, you know, competitors, self-defense, regular jiu-jitsu, you know, hybrids, only nogi, it doesn't matter. Jiu-jitsu is jiu-jitsu. We all need to be, you know, supporting, trying to build a sport, um, Praise Mojazz. I mean, that's that's the jiu-jitsu god right there. So, uh, yeah, let's just try to build this as big as we can. A lot of people lose sight of the fact that we're such we're such a niche sport. You know, the biggest jiu-jitsu champion in the world is Gordon Ryan, right? Gordon Ryan can go to Walmart here in Champaign, Illinois, or in Mattoon, Illinois, and you might get two people to recognize you if you're lucky. So don't don't forget that. Stay humble and keep uh, keep working at what we got going. Because I think I think it's getting real big. You know, a little late for me. I don't think I don't think I'm going to get to enjoy the competition side as much once it gets huge. But 
you know, I hope to spread the love and have students that get to partake in those those big events when they do hit. And I think these next couple of years are going to be pretty gigantic. So, again, shout out to uh, the questions. And if you if you want if you want to ask questions here on the podcast, again, is at JJ Becerra eighty seven on Instagram. Jose Becerra on Facebook, and you can also send them to the Take One or Give One podcast Instagram page, and if you have my number, you can shoot them that way. Again, this was a uh, follow-up on the Q&A, Q&A from right before the break. I'm going to reach out to these two guys and see what they think. Send me your messages. I'll answer them as best as I can. Again, I'm not scripting any of these things, so I'm just reading them as I go, answering. So this is all raw, and I'm hoping that you guys enjoyed the uh, the feedback. Again, if you have any questions or uh, input for me, hit me up. As always, I appreciate and love every single one of you. Thanks again for giving or taking that one chance.